0: You are
1: now tuned in to the Jags Den Podcast, the official podcast of the Jaguars Wire brought to you by USA Today Sports Media Group and also the number one Jaguars podcast on the airwaves. Welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Jags Den Podcast. You all know, of course, I am James Johnson, Managing Editor of the Jaguars Wire uh, here. And I actually have a co-host this time around. And my good man, my friend, Jacob DeLawrence, man, what's going on? Long time uh, no hear from.
0: Yeah, no, man. I was uh, waiting for Macy's welcome back to start playing before I spoke. But you know what? That's all right. We'll get it for the next time I disappear.
1: Right, right. You know what? That would be dope to put that in there. actually.
0: <laughs> but, oh, man. I'm doing good. Glad to be back. Uh, see you've been riding solo for a little bit. Figured I'd give you some company and ride shotgun this week.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. There's, uh, you know, a lot to talk about. So it's it's good to have some company. Uh, but first, before we get into the game in which the Jags lost, as you all know, it was 20-3. to uh, I don't think anybody's particularly too upset about that. They're more probably upset about the draft positioning. But we'll get into that later. And before we get into that, of course, You all know where to find us jaguarswire.usatoday.com at Jags Dan podcast for the podcast handle itself at the Jaguars wire for our sites, Twitter handle, and you can follow our Conrad Phil who is normally hosting the show. He's busy this week. Uh, Phil the Filipino on Twitter. That's at Phil the Filipino. Should I say me at sports grind underscore Don of course, and Jacob at underscore Jadella. Also, There are plenty of interfaces in which you can find us on the web in terms of audio. iTunes, most notably. Feel free to check us out there and give us reviews and rate, subscribe, you name it. Uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Deezer, and Radio Public. And also the Audio Boom Network, which is, of course, through USA Today. So. I had to catch my breath after all of that, man. I don't see how Phil Do that stuff, man. <laughs> hey, that's, that's a powerful that we got to plug. <laughs> Bruh. It's so much to plug, but Hey, we, uh, you know, we, we got to keep the operations going as we have. So, uh, that being said, we got a ton of topics to talk about. As I said, um, I guess it's so much to talk about this off season. We can't really all put that into one podcast per se. Uh, so I just took the just of the, the meat, the, you know, the, the, The key stuff, the core stuff that happened today. And of course, you know, throughout the offseason, me and Jacob and Phil will talk about the other stuff and, you know, the draft and uh, this, that and the other, the the offseason and and, uh, free agency as well. So but today we're going to talk about, of course, we'll start with the game in itself, which went down by a score of 20 to three. Uh, The Jaguars lost that game, of course, at NRG Stadium. That was probably the Bolts' last game. Um, I guess we'll have to see. Time will tell. Um, nah, no. nah, 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 <laughs> nah. Nah, 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 Hey, hey, hey. It took too long. It did. It did. And it may It may cost this franchise, which we'll talk about later, it may cost this franchise uh, some more time to get back to the top. Uh, but everybody know, we're advocates that Blake Bortles should have been gone. We're going to talk on that. Um, but Again, uh Jacob, you didn't catch the game, right? Uh, that is correct.
0: I was at work today and apparently it looks like I didn't miss anything. So <laughs> no harm, no foul.
1: You're right. So I mean it's not really a lot to discuss. Like like I said, I think I don't think a lot of people were and this is not a bad thing towards the Jazz. I'm just saying I don't think a lot of people were interested in the game so much as the effects of the game and who was gonna be fired afterwards and, and uh this, that and the other, and also the the draft positioning Uh, So a lot of people kind of was watching the other games. I know I was most notably, Uh, but from what I saw, I'll just give some small analysis on that. And starting with uh, the box score in terms of Blake Bortles, the boat in his last game, he was 15 of 28, uh, 107 in terms of passing yards, 3.8 average per pass, one interception on the night and, or should I say on the afternoon, he was sacked three times for 18 yards, qbr of 7.3 is just which is i've never seen a figure like that in terms of qbr and the rtg of 47.8 um so i guess i'll go to you on this jacob even though you didn't see the game man like you know what do you think of uh not only just this game in general but blade bortles season in general and not only that but you know as you said you think this move has come a little i guess you know too slow. It should have happened last year or even the year before that in some people's case. Uh, but just talk about in general what you think of his run, not just today, but in general.
0: Um, Before we get into that real quick, I just had to Google uh total QBRs mm. for the season. Surprisingly, that 7.3 does not put Blake in the um top 10 of worst QBRs. Oh, that is the raw QBR score. The total his total QBR was eight point four. Okay. That puts him with the 14th worst this year. Okay. It Derek Carr else, in week one was worse than him with 8.2. Sam Darnold had 8.1 in week seven. Mm-hmm. Tannehill had a 6.9 in week 15 against the Vikings. Uh, let's see. Josh McCown had 5.8. Josh Allen had 5.5. 5. Tyrod had a 5.2. Tannehill again with a 4.7 against the Patriots. Josh Rosen comes in here two times back-to-back with a 3.6 and a 3.3. 3. <laughs> Eli had a 3.1 against the Eagles in Week 6. Josh Rosen again comes in at number 3 on the <laughs> list with a 2.2 2 against the Broncos. Jesus,
1: Josh.
0: Surprisingly... Nathan Peterman only shows up once on this list <laughs> in week one. There you the Raiders, go with the
1: Nathan Peterman jokes again.
0: <laughs> his total QBR was 0. .9. Oh, my Jesus. And that was second. There was one QBR worse than that.
1: And who was that from?
0: That would be Mr. Butt Fumble himself, Mark Sanchez, <laughs> with a point eight QBR in week 14 against the Giants. That is correct, a point eight. <laughs>
1: That is no typo. According you sure?
0: According to ESPN. Okay, that's um, probably not a
1: typo. Then <laughs> the nope. way they run, they stand, they, their stats and analytic uh, department. That's probably definitely not a mistake. So, yeah, surprisingly, Whoop. you know that, you know that put Blake Bortles ahead of some some guys that I wouldn't expect him to be ahead of. I mean, those weren't like top tier quarterbacks, but yeah, um, a lot of
0: rookies, somebody who hadn't played a quarterback who you can probably say is past his prime. And then you have Tyrod and Tannehill.
1: You <laughs> put Tyrod and Tannehill in another category. What category would they be in, bro?
0: Yeah, you have Tyrod, Tannehill, and Derek Carr. <laughs> okay. go, that's that range of you're serviceable to really, really, really good, but not quite great at times. Right,
1: right. Who knows? Maybe one of those guys, and we'll talk about this later on the season, but those are two names or, you know, I guess some some names you could say that have been a lot, a lot of fans, I guess you could say, have mentioned them in association with bringing them in with the Jazz. Notably, Tyrod. Me and you talked about that. And you know what? While we on the subject, man, what, what do you think about bringing Tyrod in like this off season as like a stopgap guy? I know um Tannehill is a guy that they reportedly are going to let go in Miami. I guess we'll see. I'm not his biggest fan. Um, I'm not Tyrod's biggest fan either, as as we've said in the past, but I would de- I definitely think he's serviceable after, you know, what he's done with the Bills and and the Browns to be a stopgap guy. Um, What say you on, you know, some potential stopgaps like a a Tannehill or a Tyrod Taylor or maybe Teddy Bridgewater, who I don't think is going to be out there. But um, what what what's your insight on that?
0: Dog, Teddy ain't leaving the
1: Saints. I don't think so either. The, the, the they said Saints want a lot, the man that. for a reason, bro. That he's the successor to Drew Brees. And he yeah. knows that, and he's staying there. I don't, you know, I don't they, really get I the can, hype about people it. wanting Teddy Bridgewater to be here. I mean, I love Teddy Bridgewater. I think, it, you know, I would love to have him. But what I'm trying to say is, we mm-hmm. know doggone well the Saints ain't going to let that man go this offseason.
0: Nah. Teddy can ball that, but that. That boy landed in a nice spot. But um, as far as Tyrod goes, I'd have called the Bills up last year as soon as you beat them in the uh, playoffs. Yeah, I'd be like, "Hey, um, since y'all don't want this man and uh, we don't really like trust ours, mm-hmm. so here's the six round pick and call me later, maybe. <laughs> Just say call me
1: maybe.
0: Like really, like right? I take Tyrod. You give me Tyrod for two years, Mm -hmm. maybe three, let him mentor somebody for about a year or so, hey. And also, if you are so hell-bent on running a zone read or run pass option offense with Fournette, who Mm -hmm. may or may not be around, which we'll get to, why not go get a quarterback like Tyrod?
1: You know, uh, when we had this conversation the first time months ago, I wasn't for it. But now, I, you know, I am, because, I well, of course, Blake Bortles out of the picture now, and I guess a lot of it has to do with the landscaping of the draft, and with Haskins really, like, being the only guy that, I mean, it's, it's some other guys that make him be good, but Haskins, like, the only one with Herbert's stand that, I guess you could say, has the potential to be a number one guy. So, like, I've warmed up to Tyrod, even though I still think he holds on to the ball too long, but, you know, with the... The thing about it is with the Jaguars starting offensive line, when all of those guys get back, I think a lot of people forget that that offensive line is a lot better than people give them credit for. I guess they got accustomed to seeing the backups in all year, mostly because everybody's been hurt. But when you get the starters in there, Tyrod may can do something with that that group. I mean, they need receivers too, but he may can be serviceable behind that offensive line of Norwell and Cam Robinson, Linder, and they're going to need a right tackle. That might be Will Richardson, the rookie they drafted, but and and a new guard. But they, they have some serviceable pieces to flourish with Tyrod on the offensive line, in my opinion. I don't know how you feel about that.
0: Oh, 100%. And here's my one thing. You say Tyrod holds on to the ball too long. Yeah, sure, fair enough. That's a very fair complaint and a very valid. A lot of analysts have said that, that he'll hold on too long and try to make a play when he should have let it go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But here's the same thing. When has Tyrod Taylor ever lost you a game?
1: That's true. I'd rather have that than him throwing, than Blake Bortles throwing a pick six. That costs us, you know, yeah, it, it's been plenty of situations, and we've seen a couple of them this year, where it all it would take is one pick six for a team to beat the Jaguars because the, the defense held the team to six points or something, you know? So, yeah, I would much rather have somebody who hangs on to the ball too long than somebody who gives points away for sure. Like
0: hey, he might not necessarily win you that many games and I say win with air quotes, but he ain't going to lose you no games.
1: True.
0: And I I'll, I'll just be honest, if I'm going to take a quarterback and I don't have and I can't go get me like a Brett Favre, I'm going to take me a quarterback who's not going to lose me the game. Mm-hmm. You might not go out there and win it for me, but you you ain't going to lose it for me.
1: Yeah.
0: I ain't going to turn around and look at then and go, you threw that pick right there. That cost us. I, I can't do you can't do that with Tyrod. You can just say, dog, you should have let that go earlier. But it still kept us in the game. So
1: right. I, I, think we're in, I, feel. Uh, I think we're in cohesion on that. I think Tyrod is probably the guy I got to look at the rest of the quarterbacks. over oh, everybody else. As I told you, I like Nick Foles, too, but I don't know what the price he's going to come at, to be honest with you. And another thing is, I think he's on the contract next year. So, the Jags will have to trade up to get him, And we know the Jaguars don't need to trade no more picks, especially being that they may have to trade up for a quarterback. So, that may not be the route to go. And then I don't know what his salary is, but um, we'll look into that later. I
0: think he might be free agent, but here's the thing. If I'm Philly, Mm -hmm. looking at Carson Wentz, that's two years, two injuries, dog. Mm -hmm. And this one's a back injury now, if I'm not mistaken. That's true. Nah, big. Nick, let's just sit down and talk here. You know what, man? We ain't got that much cap space, but we love you. You love it here. Let let's just let's just work this out, dog. You know what? In the help city me, of help brotherly you, help
1: love. Me. <laughs> Yeah, help <laughs> I, me, help you. That's that's very possible. I never looked at it that way. I keep forgetting Carson Wentz got the second back injury, but um, we, yeah, it was ACL done.
0: last year.
1: Yeah, and yeah. it was the I guess it's a lower back. Is it?
0: I think it's like a vertebrae. One of those issues where it's like you don't need surgery, but I think it's the same thing with Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to the Derek Carr injury.
1: Okay. Well, we'll see. Time will tell what the Jazz do at quarterback as we kind of digress from the point of uh, today's game. Again, the score oh, yeah, was 20-3, to <laughs> which, I mean, I guess we ain't hurt nobody by digressing from that debacle. Mm-hmm. Uh, But in terms of rushing, which this is ridiculous, I wrote about this earlier today. The Jacksonville Jaguars were very ineffective on the ground, had a total of 30 yards on the ground. Yes, you heard me right, 30 yards, according to ESPN, who we already said are pretty accurate with the stats. And guess who led the team in rushing? Just take a wild guess, everybody. It wasn't a running back. Do you know the answer to this, Jacob? I'm sure you do.
0: That's right. Uh, Number five.
1: uh... (laughs) With 15 yards, bro.
0: It's the Tiki bar himself.
1: Yeah, with Four carries, fifteen yards, an average of three point eight. Uh, his longest was for seven, which is I just that's just ridiculous. I you know I get I get it. He's running behind. Well, the running backs are running behind a a makeshift offensive line. Um, but once again, like this just goes to show you how the season has gone. Carlos Hyde had ten carries, thirteen yards, finished with two less than Bortles. And David Williams, who they should have utilized more. I don't understand why they're not utilizing the rookie more to see what they have, especially with um, Yeldon and Fournette, which we're about to get into in a minute, <laughs> uh, sitting on the bench just chilling. But, like, how does the rookie only get two carries when you're supposed to be using this time to find out what you have in your younger players? And especially with the fact that Hyatt might not even be on his team next year, even though they invested a fifth-round pick to trade for him. But they could save, like, $4 million in cap space by cutting them so i don't get that um but as i said the whole situation with the russians the uh the russian game um i guess the biggest deal with that was of course what we reported jacob reported um shout outs to jacob for doing that for me because i was busy but the whole situation with leonard Fortnite and tj yonder and the, the pictures are like all over the web with them two on the bench with their arms folded just chilling and, and a lot of people took offense to it, especially Tom Coughlin, who um, put out a statement on that. Uh, Jacob, real quick, you wrote on it, uh, but for audio's sake, uh, how did you feel about that situation? Now, was Tom Coughlin making a big deal of that, or or how do you feel about that in general? Oh,
0: there's about three different ways you could look at this whole thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: One, is like, eh, it's not that big of a deal. Like, you know what, it is what it is. You knew that Yeldon has probably played his last downs as a member of the Jaguars. Absolutely. And Fournette was banged up, and so you know what? It's week seventeen. You were
1: five and ten going into the game. And by the way, I don't mean to cut you off, but this is coming from somebody that I'm a part of the Yeldon hive, but I know that he's going next year. You know, like I'm not saying I got an insider source or nothing on this, but everybody pretty much know he's going this year. But continue, Jacob.
0: Yeah, it's a safe bet if i was a bad man i go put 20 down in vegas to say yo doesn't come back
1: you probably get some money off of it
0: <laughs> yeah but uh um, i mean that's one way to look at it like okay whatever you know it is what it is another way to look at it is what the hell are you doing sitting there looking so damn disinterested and i think it was like in the first or second quarter like what like what are we doing here
1: right Right. You like, can at least be by a coach, you know, you know, standing by a coach or something. You go know. sit in the
0: locker room. Like, go right. sit in the locker room if you feel like that for that. You, you ain't just go sit in the locker room. Yelling, you dress, you got to at least look interested. Right. right. And then there's the, and you know what? Maybe they just caught them at a bad moment. They could have been looking up at a replay. They could have been looking over to see what was going on. Right. And, you know, it could be one of those. But yeah. personally,. Coughlin coming out and saying that it was, oh, what did he exactly say? That it was disrespect. More or less, it was disrespectful. Uh, I got it was it right selfish. Here,
1: bro. The whole quote: "I am disappointed <laughs> in the behavior today." And this is from Philip Howman, by the way. Uh, from T.J. Yeldon and Leonard Fournette, they were disrespectful, selfish, and their behavior was unbecoming. That of a professional football player, hashtag Jaguars, and that was from Tom Coughlin via Philip Howman of the Florida Times Union.
0: You know what that sounds like to me? Hey, boy, get off my lawn!
1: <laughs> like Pete Prisco's, uh, his avatar, which is a picture of him on, with a on, on on the cover that says "Get off my lawn." Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, like
0: that's that's what that sounds like to me is like the very old man that likes it done in <laughs> one specific way.
1: Right. The military like disciplinarian. Anything else,
0: yeah like anything else even slightly off offends him. Right. You're that's right? just what it sounds like to me. Now again, not saying he's completely wrong. Mm-mm. I'm saying he is partially wrong there.
1: Right. I mean at, at the end of the day like me and you discussed at the beginning of the show or before the show, should I say Tom Coughlin is the man, not so much yelled that's Dave Caldwell's pick, but Tom Coughlin is the guy that supposedly did all of the research or his team at least did all of the research to make sure Fournette was the right guy. He wouldn't be a bad locker room guy, this, that, and the other. Essentially Leonard Fournette is Tom Coughlin's pick. Am I not wrong?
0: You're not really wrong with that. And it's his first pick too. And I just went and looked back at that photo. If you look at their eyes, they're clearly looking at something.
1: They're looking at a board or something, it appears. Yeah,
0: they're it's looking cool. up at something.
1: Right. So, again, just, that's... Not... You might be right. This might be Tom Coughlin just picking on on two guys that they might have caught at the wrong moment. We could be wrong on this. Um, But, again, like, the, like I said, just for the fact that Tom Coughlin called him out at the end of the day, like he didn't have a deal in selecting Leonard Fournette it's just kind of backwards to me, you know what I'm saying? And like, this it's it's funny. Somebody on Twitter was saying like, he wants to talk about what's unbecoming of a professional football player. Well, what this team has put us through the last ten or so years, unbe- <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it is what is is that not true?
0: That's a very valid point. I mean, next to the Browns, this has been a pretty relatively uh, sad time here. <laughs> But, ah, uh, that's what really is sticking with me is I could care. I really don't care about the whole disrespectful, selfish mm-hmm. whatever. yeah, 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 yeah. That's like a bark. that's dog whistles, as far as I'm concerned. Right. See what you want to say. The unbecoming of a professional football player, what in the bluest of blue hades are you saying there? like
1: that's his that's his the, word. He's used that plenty of times. the unbecoming, like, yeah i'm i don't know what what are you so saying what
0: are you there? what are you what are you getting at here like is that saying i don't want this around like right you're not good enough what what What? what am i what what are we getting at here tommy right. boy like
1: right which brings us to, to the spade next spade point like call a spade a spade right like it that brings me to the next point like is this tom coughlin's way of saying hey leonard fournette you working on your way out like do you see a trade going down or something we talked about this before the podcast but do you see a trade going down or something or do you see tom coughlin getting rid of uh leonard mm-hmm. fournette in some capacity
0: okay let's just put it like this to just start what you're an idiot if you cut him period
1: right let me see i'm i gonna look up his cap figure while you uh go ahead and start ranting
0: <laughs> i mean he's in his second year You're an idiot if you cut him. We get it. He's been banged up both seasons. He's missed games due to suspensions. You know, it is what it is. The man is a very violent runner. He does not shy away from contact. As soon as you say Leonard Fournette, one of the first things that come to mind is that first game against Pittsburgh last year where he could have easily stepped out of bounds. And avoid the contact, but waved on the safety to come hit him, and then mm-hmm. truck stick the safety right, still going out of bounds. So,
1: and that's the kind of stuff Tom Coughlin loved, you know, on the yeah. field at least, you know. Yeah.
0: So. And then here is my thing, which goes back to the argument that I made all last March, February, April. Why are you drafting a running back from the SEC West? <laughs> In the top five of the draft in this day and age in the NFL,
1: yeah, you know how I feel on it. I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate of new school drafting. You know, Man, I actually that a... talked about this on uh, the Cover Three podcast last week. Shout outs to the Cover Three podcast and um, the guys over there. But that being said, like. I I told him straight up, like, you know, that was Coughlin's pick. And that's one – it just had Coughlin written on all over it. And that's something you shouldn't do in the modern draft era, in my opinion.
0: I mean, it's just – like, the man basically was a three-year starter at LSU, pretty much. Pretty much. Like, I don't know if he was the defensive starter his freshman year, but I'm pretty sure he played significant time. I mean, it's just – no, like Mm – you, that SEC right. mileage is not like any other mileage in any other conference. I don't care what anybody says. Right. You that's, take a running back out of a Pac-12, a running back out of Big Ten. Mileage, man.
1: This, this is a guy yeah, like play, you know, he played Alabama every year. You know, who sends plenty of pros on defense uh, to to the NFL. You know,
0: you see it in Auburn every year. You see Georgia every couple years. You see Florida every year. And LSU doesn't shy away from playing a big out-of-conference game to start the season. Like, this man is beat before you even get
1: him. Mm -hmm. And they normally playing in a decent bowl game, you know, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was smart enough to sit out the bowl game his last year, but still, I just want to took him. But this comes back to what do you get for Leonard Fournette if you decide to trade Fournette? All right the first thing you do is who could use a running back in the league. We mentioned before we started recording, maybe the Raiders because beast mode is probably going to hang it up. as Soon as they like officially had the Vegas beast mode is out of here. And I can't tell who's, I couldn't tell you who's behind uh, LaShawn that's been playing most of the year. So there's that. And then you start looking and you think, Hmm, maybe the bucks could use a running back. Which brings me to the point of, hey, we could use a quarterback. Hey, Tampa just fired their coach. The GM might get fired too. We never know. But, hey, that Jameis Winston experiment, eh, you're having a little little bag of mixed results here. Maybe Jameis could use a change of scenery. I send you for net, maybe a sixth round, fifth round pick. You send me Jameis in like a third or seventh. Hey, everybody works out here, you know? Boom, there you go.
1: And it's worth noting before everybody, you know, that's listening, like, oh, the the books came out to say Jameis is gonna stay. We 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 are aware of that, but uh, continue, Jacob.
0: Oh yeah, but here's the same thing. You you remember when you know, um, let's see, Hugh Jackson. You know, yeah, Hugh's our coach. He's good to go. Nigga, can the next week, dog?
1: Yeah, that's true. I, that's
0: true. Voter confidence is nothing more than a kiss of death, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah. But I don't know. Like, so, I don't. I, mean, I don't know how much better they get. Like, in my personal opinion, for trading Leonard for that for for Winston, you know, like, I don't know. Here's like, the thing:
0: is Jameis ceilings higher than Bortles?
1: They, I mean, we they, you ain't gonna get no dispute there. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so course. you're significantly upgraded because here's the thing: you can go get another running back.
1: That's true. This is true, and I think the Jaguars. With may that's, less That's knowledge. why this is the whole question because I think the Jaguars may see that. You know what I'm saying? I understand that like running backs, despite them taking Fournette fourth overall, aren't necessarily that hard to come by. You know what I'm saying? In terms of the draft. Um, but I guess ultimately time will tell. In terms of that cap figure, I, I looked it up on um on spot track here. And for twenty nineteen, let's see. He got a signing bonus of roughly four million four hundred, a little bit upwards of that. He has a That's cap hit change. of uh, $7,400,000, a little upwards of that, and his dead cap hit is for eight million nine hundred, so roughly 9000000 for the dead cap hit.
0: So he's expendable, but it wouldn't be the best move to do, but he's expendable. Right, right. Oh, and here's another thing. You just mentioned running backs being relatively available a dime a dozen. You can trade for net and go get draft picks. You don't even need players to come back. You can trade for net and get a third, maybe a fourth-round pick. And then you know what you can go do?
1: Get your running back.
0: Hey, Le'Veon Bell, how you doing, man? Uh, you <laughs> took a whole year off. You nice and fresh. Come on to Jacksonville.
1: Can they afford Le'Veon, though? We already – You think – I don't know. What you don't saying think like you that. can that whole backload That thing, man. I mean, like, I'm not saying the Jaguars are going to be – like in terrible cap condition, but they ain't going to be able to spend like they have in in the past.
0: You can offload Blake, trade for net, and backload um Le'Veon Bell's contract. It's no different than Flacco getting $100 million that was backloaded. And then it just got reworked. That's all you do. It's the same thing uh, Brady and the Patriots do every year. Just rework the numbers.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we do know one thing, you know, the Jaguars suck, but one thing about it, John Isaac in his credit, is very good with cap figures and if if there was anybody in that front office worth keeping it was definitely him um he's done a good job a marvelous job with the jazz cap figure, um their their cap finances over the past i mean we've talked about that plenty of times we never really talked about him but he's the guy that's behind that and john is you you're right you know he's a guy that maybe could work something out with bell who knows um but they do have the right man in house to make make the right contract, to make something like that work, you know, perhaps.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, not saying that Le'Veon Bell is a high possibility, but there's options is the point we're making. Mm -hmm. So Coughlin saying I'm becoming of a professional Mm -hmm. football player. Yeah, that really tells me that, hey, um, playboy, come see me in my office tomorrow.
1: Yep, Yep. Yep. It ain't good. That's for sure. It isn't good. Well yeah, regardless not a, of how spend. we see it, if it's a non factor to us, it's not that big of a deal to us as fans. Obviously, Tom Coughlin see it as a big deal. Obviously. So. Anyway, on to once once again we digress from the point. That's what happened when Phil ain't on the podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> it's it's whatever, man. We ain't got no coordination today, but <laughs> continuing on to the rec I mean, we'll get content though. Yeah, exactly. People going to listen to this one. They're going to love it. So, on the receiving end, Keelan Cole led away four receptions, 45 yards, and uh, no touchdowns. Nobody had a touchdown in this game, obviously. James O'Shaughnessy was behind him, the tight end, three for 25. Uh, Dante Moncrief probably played in his last game of the season two for 21 good (laughs) yeah that was a waste of nine million dollars uh no offense but it is what it is and dd westbrook who they probably should have got more involved but then again dd was you know blake put him in some compromising situations where he took some hits and he even had a fumble but they couldn't really get him involved he was three uh for 10 yards had uh, three receptions for 10 yards so not really much to talk about on the receiving end i mean the i will say this the passing the pass protection was better, a little better than I expected. And there were opportunities for Bortles, but uh for whatever reason that never panned out. That's just kind of the story of, of Bortles' career. Um while, you know, the <laughs> <laughs> the Russian game, you know, wasn't there clearly. But the this as a passer, this was a typical Blake Bortles game from a passing perspective. So on the defensive end, we got uh Telvin Smith led the way. Um he's a guy that has had an off season, but he led the way he actually was tied with Miles Jack, 10 tackles apiece. Um, one quarterback hit out of Miles Jack. Um, and then I guess the star of the show, the, it was only really one bright spot from this whole game, in my opinion. And that was Janik Ngakwe, who had five tackles and one and a half sack. You know, he had a tackle for a loss. And I think it was, let's see, four quarterback hits. So I'm gonna um kind of digress from the script again. And actually Jacob, um again, you didn't see the game, but Yannick Ngakwe is now currently at twenty-nine point five sacks in three years. In three years, okay. Mm-hmm. And this young man has been what you would call a franchise pass rusher for the Jazz, or at least over the last two years. He was a pro bowler last year. Um, I want to mm-hmm. know from you personally. How do you feel about you know him getting a contract extension next year? You know, of course he's eligible with Ramsey and Miles Jack but the thing about Ramsey and as I said they, they aren't going to be in cap hell so to speak but they aren't going to be able to spend like they want but what I'm what I'm getting to here is I think Yannick Ngakwe would be easier to re-sign than Ramsey uh, do you think Yannick Ngakwe is a guy that they need to re-sign first over Jalen Ramsey and like what kind of deal like just out of curiosity you think he would ask for
0: um, I feel like Yannick is going to Command maybe top ten, top five defensive player. Me too. Top fifteen in the league, money. I say top fifteen. Me too. You might want to be one of the top five highest paid lineman, but probably top fifteen. I say overall. But um, boy, you you feeling real good about uh trading Fowler to the the Rams now, aren't we?
1: <laughs> oh man, yeah. I, I I never. A lot of folks was. It was. A, I mean, I guess they were a lot of Gator fans, you know. That that rightfully so in Jacksonville, they weren't too happy about that, you know. But,
0: I mean, look, three seasons, basically thirty sacks. That's ten a year. It doesn't take a genius to figure out ten sacks a year is a really high number, yes. and that is that shows that you can produce
1: mm-hmm. and develop at a fast rate. Like people don't understand, like how fast this young man developed. Yet yeah, it was a fourth, fifth round pick, third. Third, he came in the draft with uh, Ramsey, twenty sixteen draft. Ramsey, Miles, Jack, yep, third. and then him. The only six, saving six, grace 69. that uh, Dave Caldwell has is that draft.
0: <laughs> Boy, that's a beautiful draft. Looking at it now.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But I mean, yo, know, I mean, the man's earned his
1: money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think he gets. Honestly, I mean, I kind of hinted at it, but I think he get the, gets the deal before Ramsey. If we being honest, so let I me. Mean,
0: He's 23, ain't been no trouble off the field, model teammate, seems like everybody loves him in the community. Do I pay him before I pay Jalen?
1: It's just I think they're going to have difficulty with Jalen, you know. It's not that they're not going to want to pay Jalen, but it's just like Jalen contract is not probably going to be an easy deal, you know especially with him being Jalen, you know what I'm saying? Even though he has said, you know, despite what people think he wants to retire Jaguar, because it's rare, you know, you don't, you never find a a player that stays with one team throughout his whole career. And I think Jalen, according to CBS, at least what they were saying, values that, but all I'm saying is like, Jalen is going to command a lot of money. And I mean, again, we got John Isaac in the front office to handle all of that. But I don't know if he gets that deal this year as opposed to maybe, like, next year is what I'm trying to say.
0: Um, Who's Jalen Ramsey's agent? I just Googled it. David Mulligetta. Uh, I apologize if I messed up his name. <sighs> um, Considering how, like, nothing about him just jumps off the page to me. Mm-hmm. As far as dealing with, it seems like he's – it's not like a Drew Rosenhaus situation. Mm-hmm. So I would assume that this should be a relatively easy um thing. But then again, this is Jalen, and there were talks that allegedly the Jags would try to trade Ramsey this offseason. Yeah, you'd be an idiot. But um, moving right along.
1: I mean, like, the context of that report, though, man. Like, you – You know, like, this ain't what we do on this podcast. We don't like to call out journalists, so to speak. But when you read that report, like, it really wasn't any concrete evidence behind it. It was just Adam Schefter, you know what I'm saying, saying that this executive from this AFC team believes the Jags could trade Jalen Ramsey with no, you know what I'm saying, no proof behind it or, like, no, like, no concrete source. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So.
0: I mean, it comes down to you're probably going uh, to make Jalen the highest-paid corner in the league, which, no if doubt. we honestly want to be completely honest, the man's probably worth it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not quite to the Revis level where if you throw at him, it's not going to end well, but Ramsey still eliminates a large chunk of the field. Right. And even those times where Ramsey gets beat in coverage, he can tend to make up for it and lay a hit. Mm-hmm. True he can recover mostly, like there's very few times we take the top off of Ramsey, like yeah, off of Ramsey, so right. you're gonna have to I mean, pay like, him I...
1: if it ain't Nook Hopkins and like Antonio Brown, like name somebody who who has given Ramsey issues, you know, besides them too.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's just be honest. Every corner is going to get beat by even any wide receiver at some point. It happens. It's mm-hmm. the law of averages. So, I mean, hey, pale. I just think, yeah, Yannick will probably be the easier deal.
1: So, yeah, I looked up the salaries, by the way. So, I'm thinking I, I put this on, Um, and I, I could be off, but um, I put this on Jaguars Wire on our takeaways. Danielle Hunter is the guy that I'm looking at here. He's the one that got paid roughly around June this year. The defensive end from the Vikings. uh, $72 million in total value in terms of the contract. It averages $14.4 million, but he's guaranteed $40 million, if I'm not mistaken. That's what I'm thinking Yannick might command something in there, but he may want even more than that. But as of today, Danielle Hunter is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8th In terms of, I guess, uh, according to this list on um, over the cap, he's roughly eighth in terms of defensive end salary. So, I don't know. Like, I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, I feel like he's worth that forty million guaranteed. You know.
0: I mean, yeah, and also, if we want to be honest, Kirk Cousins got 90 mil guaranteed fully,
1: like, fully, like, baseball the, money guaranteed. You've seen, you seen the videos of him on the sideline fussing that, uh, I think it was Adam Thielen trying to teach him how to run routes. Yep. <laughs> it's hilarious, bro. It's hilarious, but, um, yeah. They got Kirk out there trying to be a receivers coach. But, yeah, um, you know, like, I think some along the lines of what Danielle got. Maybe uh, if you're talking a little higher, maybe along the lines of what Calais got, which was $60 million, uh in total value. I think that was thirty in guarantees, though. But his average is like $15.5 uh, million. So I think maybe something along the lines of what Calais got. But then again, like, the issue with that is, how much money you want to put into the defensive end position. Me personally, I think that's a position worth putting a lot of money into. But only time will tell. But yeah, that, you know, that's a guy that I wanted to talk on and get your take on because he balled out today. And, you know, it's contract time as of when that clock hit zero zero zero. It was contract time for him. And uh that man deserved to get paid. As does Jalen and as does Miles Jack. So we I guess we'll see what happens there later down the road in terms of those guys they got some other stuff to iron out like portal situation and what they're gonna do about a quarterback and you know it's, it's some other things to take into account with the salary cap but we'll see so um that was it pretty much it from the game i know i said we wouldn't spend too much time on it but uh you know we obviously did that's all good um on to the next topic at hand which is um Afterward, this is probably the worst news of the day in my opinion and this this had me depressed you can ask Jacob upon the beginning of the podcast and you guys feel too i just been de- depressed and dry all day when they announced this but dave carl Doug marone will be returning they'll be back uh of course that set social media ablaze everybody was voicing their displeasure about this i mean i guess some people cool with it um but real quick Jacob, i guess i'll start with you um what's your thoughts on the return of Marone at Caldwell and um after that, what about the return of Coughlin?
0: I mean, how many lives does uh Caldwell have at this point?
1: This this is he finished his sixth uh tenure as a Jaguar as their general manager. That was his sixth tenure. Which is absolutely absurd and ridiculous.
0: I mean, you know what, Marone, hey, can't even be mad at just
1: mm-hmm. see the thing about maroon you know and i don't mean to cut you off and you know while yes i do wonder like can he get the locker room back and you know do the players really like him as a coach a lot of this ain't maroon fault you know of the the big three caldwell coughlin and him, he's the one that I think has the least amount of blame. I mean, he can be the least blame of the three because it ain't his fault that they stuck him with the situation that they're that they are currently in. It's ultimately the front office job to choose the right players. So, uh, continue. I mean, let's
0: man. let's just look at this. You lost the Allen brothers, and you could say one of them was out for the whole year. Yada yada yada, whatever. Right. You lost your two best receivers. You lost your best tight end in the form of Mercedes. Um, your whole old line just died and went somewhere.
1: Right, Except for AJ Cannon, <laughs> which is just ridiculous.
0: Yeah, so it's like the whole offense was completely different mm-hmm. from last year. So you can't blame a room because it's like you don't have nothing to work with.
1: Right, exactly so, what I've been trying to say, man. I'm with you. I still wanted him fired, but I can I can see why you would want to hold on to him with those circumstances.
0: Yeah, so it's like, you know, yeah, Marone, you fine. You know, we'll get you another year or two. Right. But Caldwell, who boy. Um, yeah. You better, better not miss on this draft. That's all I'm saying.
1: Yes. It better be 2016. And that's the issue with Caldwell, man. You look at Caldwell's resume. What has he done? As me and Jacob asked in the previous session, what has he done? Aside from the 2016 draft and Calais Campbell and A.J. Boye, who A.J. Boye is not playing all that good this year. Now, he's not playing to his contract at least, but aside... I mean, he
0: played a lot of zone with man players, so there's that.
1: That, That's true, but aside from that 2016 class and um, Calais, Malik, and AJ and maybe a couple guys from the um his second draft which it included Linder and Telvin Smith. What has Caldwell done in the whole six years? You know what I'm saying? Like more of it's been bad than good, is what I'm getting at.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I mean, hey, Caldwell, again,
1: don't miss. Don't miss.
0: Don't miss.
1: Yeah, this, this who? Is, it ain't a good look. That's for sure. I mean, and I mean, I guess if there is any positive to take from this, and I put this on Twitter, Caldwell. The good thing about it is Caldwell may be better than what the rumors out of the building were that were coming out, and that was that they might, uh, basically promote Polian, who we all know that's the son of Bill Polian. Mm-hmm. Uh, promote Polian from within and let him replace Caldwell. But those were whispers. None of it. Actually, you know, we we didn't get any confirmation on that. It was just something floating around out there. Uh, So I guess we really shouldn't talk about it. But still, nonetheless, you know, that's better than that happening. And and Caldwell is a guy at the least. We've seen in the drafts in the past that at least if you're a guy like me that feel like the Jags need a, a quarterback or whatever the case may be or they need a Dwayne Haskins, Caldwell is a guy that does have the cojones to trade up and do it. We've seen him trade up many times in the draft to get his guys. So that's the good thing about it. Um, you know, Caldwell, he has no choice but to admit his mistake on Blake Portals. No choice. They got to let him go at this point. It's, it's what's better for the team and what's better for Blake, quite frankly. So, um, he has to admit that that mistake, move on from it. And I don't, I, me and Jacob have talked about this earlier, but I don't necessarily think that going into free agency is the right option, unless it's just for a stopgap guy. But, you know, we'll see. Talk, time will tell. But, um, Caldwell has not done a good job and he didn't deserve to come back. But that goes to show you that, um, ownership doesn't know what they're doing or who we're gonna get into later. But um as as for that, what do you think about Coughlin returning by the way, even though his job was never in jeopardy, but I just want to know your take on that.
0: Who gonna find Coughlin?
1: Only Con can <laughs> <laughs> Only Khan.
0: Like I said, who gonna find Coughlin?
1: Yeah, that's true. He should God be I
0: try, try to buy Wembley. Khan's <laughs> too busy right now. Who gonna find Coughlin? Coughlin, Coughlin probably walk around Jack's office like, who in here gonna find me? He, I'm telling you, who
1: who in you here gonna would... tell me what to do?
0: <laughs> exactly, I promise you, if somebody if a report came out said Coughlin stood on a desk and went full Denzel at the end of training <laughs> day, I would not bat an eye, and I'd be like, you know what? That's 100 percent accurate. I believe it. Like, hey,
1: that's what
0: happened when you because that's basically what he could do. Yeah, like that's basically what he could do. So. <laughs> Again, Coughlin's job was never in question. I think he's going to, unless like the Jazz completely go dumpster fire, Mm -hmm. Coughlin's going to leave when he decides to leave.
1: I don't know about that. I I think he's on a one-year leash. I mean, all of their contracts, I think, end on 2020. I'm not sure. But I think they're all going to be on like a one-year leash. And if things don't go well, I guess time will tell how that goes. Khan need to fire. I've always thought, I mean, y'all seen the article on how I feel about Coughlin. I think Coughlin needs to be fired. They should have cleaned the whole house in my opinion. That's just me. And that's simply because you look at this thing, ever since Coughlin's been here, what has he changed since Dave Caldwell's been here? They still got the same issues. They still have no franchise quarterback. They still have no offense. You know, they still are, you know, undisciplined, which is something Coughlin's supposed to be like this Disciplinarian and somebody that could fix that. Like, just honestly answer me that question, Jacob. What has changed since Coughlin? Aside from them, yeah, they went to the AFC championship last year, but I'm along the lines of that, that was a fluke. And they basically got, what, four games off of the Colts, two games, and then two games from the Texans, in which they didn't have their quarterback. You know, so like, really, in all honesty, I think what we saw this year is more along the lines of the real Jaguars, but I don't know. That's me. He changed the culture. I, I don't even know if he did <laughs> that, bro. <laughs> if you say so. We
0: we back here to be in we We going to throw back to these simple jerseys. We here <laughs> to establish, to run the ball. We're here to be a tough, no-nonsense franchise. Man, get out of here with this. Yeah, I, look. That's
1: what I'm saying, man.
0: Look, Coughlin can stay. Here's the thing. Coughlin can stay, but Caldwell had to go. And Coughlin has to bring in a GM mm-hmm. who either he trusts enough to, like, hey, let me make this pick, right. or you got to bring in a GM that's just got the balls enough to be like, hey, look, let me do my job.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, that's what I was banking on. Like, I, I knew if Caldwell was fired, I knew he it would be Coughlin probably his decision to bring in the guy. Uh, the next GM or Caldwell's successor, because he's the guy with all the ties in the Jaguars organization. And that's why I think Shaq Khan kind of holds on to him, which is, you know, I mean, I understand, you know, you you have to be connected, but at the same time for all he's cost the Jags over the last couple of years, I don't, you know, I don't think that's worth holding on to him for, but that's another story for another time. But yeah, I thought Coughlin was probably going to like get one of his guys, like Abrams um, from the assistant GM from New York that he worked with, or you know somebody he just knew that could handle like GM responsibilities, but they didn't. No. Yep. So that I, I mean, I much rather them had have done that than keep Caldwell. Get you know a guy like Abrams, but no, I rather you just promote Polian. Nah, nah, bro. Polian destroyed him and his father. With all due respect, destroyed a Super Bowl <laughs> caliber team in Indianapolis. Okay. I want no parts of that. Aside from what, Peyton Manning, Mathis, and Freeney, uh, yeah, they didn't do all that well. in terms. Was of that pricing.
0: Polian, or was that more so Ursa?
1: A Good question. Good question. I mean, look, at the end of the day, Polian's still getting his money. I'm talking about um, Bill Polian now. He's on ESPN now, so <laughs> he's still getting that bread. He ain't mad, you know.
0: And Polian running the AF, the American <laughs> Alliance football.
1: Oh, he is? Yeah, dang. Okay. So he really he really gets money then, you know. So um, that being said, um, on to uh the last part of this discussion. How do you feel, Jacob, about the job that Sean Khan has done? I've kind of vented my frustration on Twitter and in this podcast, but it, since he's been the owner, I think it's been since twenty eleven or twenty twelve. Um, how, how do you what do you think of the job he's done? Because really, all he's had is one successful year. And these moves that he made today are very questionable, but that's just me. Oh,
0: this is how I look at Shad um, Khan. For those that have played NBA Two uh, K, when you go in the uh, my GM mode, it like tells you owner profiles <laughs> and it's like oh this owner is very involved in day-to-day activities this owner has a short leash for losing this owner only cares about his cap mm-hmm. this owner is very hands-off that is shad Khan. Mm-hmm. for the most part Khan is very hands-off he is a businessman he is more interested it seems again this is just looking at it Seems like he's interested in developing downtown Jacksonville. Right. The improving
1: financial part of things.
0: Right. Improving things for the Jaguars from a financial standpoint, maybe upgrading or building a new stadium, the whole shipyard, the docks, everything. And then you have his interest overseas because he's the owner of Fulham FC, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. And he there was the talk of him trying to buy Wembley Stadium, which is arguably the most hollowed ground. In England, when it comes to sporting venues, mm-hmm. maybe more so than Wimbledon. Yeah,
1: that's the that's the Lambeau field of soccer, man.
0: That's exactly what I was about to say. That's Lambeau, that's Soldier Field, that's Wrigley Stadium, that's the original Yankee Stadium, Fenway Park, it's all that. And all right. then so. So, I mean, Conn hasn't done a bad job. Let's just put it like that. Mm. He hadn't done the best of jobs. Right. It could always be better. I mean, unless you're out here being Bill Craft and just Bob Craft and just winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl. Like, it can always be better, Mm -hmm. no matter who you are. It's for the owner that we got, the results could be slightly better, but we're not too surprised if we want to be honest.
1: Right. Right. My only bone with him is I just wish he, you know, and, and, you know, we, we discussed this. I wish he was, you know, he came from a. A football background and just knew the dynamics and the importance of the draft and the importance of free agency and knew what he was evaluating in terms of players like Jerry Jones, who, albeit Jerry Jones isn't the best at scouting in terms of if you look at their drafts and stuff. Uh, but, you know, I just wish he was, you know, along the lines of him in terms of just knowing about the game of football because. You know, he would, he would understand that what Marone, or not even Marone, but Coughlin and Caldwell, the jobs they have done, is has been an atrocity. And their evaluation skills have been a, an atrocity since they've been in the front office. But that's neither here or there, as Jacob would say. um And I, I guess, you know, we're just going to have to see where this thing goes from here on out, man. Um, I mean...
0: Yeah, you can make that argument, but at the same time, Jerry Jones is like Vincent, man. You're a little <laughs> bit out of touch with reality, dog. Just a little bit out of touch.
1: Oh, man. I, I, you know what? I don't know why I expected you. To, I almost expected you to say something along those lines.
0: You just, just Jerry, like, I don't want you to be Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones is a little bit out of touch. Right. If I'm not mistaken, there was a report saying that uh, Jerry Jones' son had to be like, no, you cannot and will not draft Manziel. All I need to say, yeah, but I do yeah. I do agree that Khan could be a little more involved with the football standpoint. But again, this you know it is what it is. Hey, we there's worse owners in the leagues. So let's just put it like that.
1: Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'm I'm glad you said that because that is a valid point. You know, I guess you could say the um, what's the what's the guy name from the Redskins? I know a lot of people yeah, have Dan Snyder. Yeah, Dan Snyder. I know people crucified him over the years. You could uh, argue
0: with the Jets, the
1: Bills. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? The Jets not so is uh I forget the Jets uh, owner name too, but I don't think they they've been like horribly owned, but you know, again, you right, they they definitely could be in a worse situation. So
0: you have Steven Ross. I mean, there's worse owners in the league. Let's just put it like that. That
1: <laughs> man said Steven Ross. All right, yeah, let, let's let's move on before Jacob start calling out folks owners, man. <laughs> we have to deal with an angry mob on twitter we, we've we already had to deal with that earlier i don't know if you've been paying attention to the timeline jacob but i will discuss that off air but anyway um
0: just another day over here yeah, hey that, dolphins wire i said what i said
1: <laughs> shout outs to antoine staley by the way who is one of the editors that i communicate with on twitter often from dolphins wire uh pretty he, he does good work over there but yeah Dolphins wire, he said what he said, man, and that's my boy, so I gotta I gotta support him on that. <laughs> so um anyway, on to the draft order, which was probably the you know the biggest part of the day that a lot of people were looking forward to in terms of watching the other games and stuff. Uh Jacksonville, we are now seventh in the draft order. We only jumped, I think, one spot or two spots. We were at ninth. Yeah, we were at ninth. We dropped Two spots to the seventh overall pick. Um, we are now behind the Giants and Bucks directly, by the way. Bucks with the fifth, Giants with the sixth, um, mm-hmm. both of whom are quarterback needy teams. Um, but that being said, um, what do you think about the Jags draft order? Not necessarily as it pertains to them getting a quarterback, but just in general, like, because I know a lot of people are upset about them winning last week's game and, and that being the Dolphins game because they were like fourth or fifth in the order and that kind of cost them. But, um, do, you know, what do you think of their positioning in the draft, man?
0: I'm just looking at this real quick. Make sure I'm reading this right. Make sure you didn't miss anything.
1: Mm.
0: You mean to tell me the Cleveland Browns aren't picking in the top five?
1: They absolutely are not. The Cleveland Browns got more wins than us this season, bro. The
0: Cleveland Browns ain't picking in the top 10, the top twelve. <laughs>
1: They had a better season than us, and quite frankly, if we being honest, and you they have you know, a better roster. A, uh, I'll say it. Yeah, they do. Well, I'm, I don't know. They look like a better team than us, though, and they look their far, office they,
0: is significantly better than ours.
1: Okay, that's fair. That's fair, and they look re- way less dysfunctional than us. You know, yeah. They, believe it or not, like you know, I can't believe I'm gonna even say this, um. But after you know, it was it uh, the 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 whole bounty deal that Greg Williams was doing. But aside Mm -hmm. from that, Greg Williams is a very damn good coach, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I really didn't want to come out and say that. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. you said it, so, yeah.
1: It is what it is. He is a very good coach. (laughs) I can't help but love his personality on on Hard Knocks. I don't know if y'all watched that. But he's a guy that he's got the personality of a football coach. I think he should have that job. But they say he won't get it from what I read lastly, but he definitely should have been considered for that job. Um,
0: oh, I mean, it's definitely probably the best opening as of right now because Arizona's probably going to fire their coach after one year, which is an incredibly stupid thing to do.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then the again, Jets we, need, we might need a Bulls. defensive coordinator, so Sam Wilkes our way, you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the Jets fired Bulls. Um, What else? What else?
1: Dirt Card got fired.
0: Yeah. So, hey, and I'm sure what's tomorrow, Black Monday? Yeah, I'm sure a few more folks will get fired, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a few more looming. Uh, I don't know if uh, Vance Joseph is—is it Vance Joseph from the Broncos? Is his name? Yeah. I don't think he's been fired quite yet. Um,
0: he should be safe. I mean, they don't have a court. Well, they have Case Keenum. Mm-hmm. But uh, looking at this, we are picking number seven. All right, let's just run through this real quick. Cardinals don't need a quarterback. Niners don't need a quarterback. Jets don't need a quarterback. Raiders, in theory, don't need a quarterback. Bucks, it depends upon what you do with Jameis. Giants, how much longer do you want to trust in Eli? Do you want to go one more year, Eli? Suck Mm -hmm. and then go grab these twenty twenty boys.
1: I think so. You know, and I'm not just saying that because I'm optimistic. I'm trying to be optimistic. But I say that because David Gettleman, who, as we all know, that's their GM, um, kind of an old school guy. You know what I'm saying? Kind of think Tom Coughlin-esque, you know? I mean, well, they from the same tree, if I'm not mistaken. Him and Tom Coughlin from the same tree or same, like, type of organization ties or whatever you want to say. So, like, I think, like, personally, I mean, yeah, they could take, like, Haskins. But I just think like, especially like with the whole thing of Eli saying he can play one more year, I think they just might hold off one more year, personally. But it's me.
0: Yeah, so I mean look, we're picking number seven. It's not the worst. I mean, hey.
1: We could have been picking like fourth or fifth though.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this is true. But at the same point in time, do you want to be picking that early in reach?
1: That's true. And it could have been a lot worse. We could have been picking at worst like 12th and just imagine how far you got to jump up. But if you want Haskins and if he's there, just the price on that is ridiculous from 12th to like fourth or fifth. The Jaguars, I have to easily come up off like two first round picks and a bunch of early round picks from this year's draft and, and maybe next year's draft, depending on how you do it. Then again, that's important. That's why these these players like Malik Jackson, you know, I don't know if we can off them or whatever, but you know, guys like him and Fournette, maybe they come into play here. I, I doubt it, but uh go ahead. What you were about to say, Jake. Yeah, and even then,
0: who say you're gonna take a quarterback? That's true. Like, you got a lot of holes to fill. Yeah. So I mean, hey, it's Seven, year sure. Hey, five and eleven. It was a disappointing year. It should have easily been eleven and five, and so on and so forth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not but it bad. Is
1: interesting that Caldwell's coming back, though. I will say that, and I, I mentioned that because rarely do GMs, and I mentioned this on Jaguars, why rarely do GMs get a second chance at drafting a franchise quarterback? And we, I'm not saying that's going to be the case this year, but with the way that he operates, Dave Caldwell. Um, even though he has spent a lot of money in, in terms of free agency, but in terms of when it comes to a quarterback, you know, he comes from a tree that values drafting the quarterback, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I can't speak for Coughlin and what he'll do, but you know, it's worth mentioning that, you know, Caldwell is a, he's a guy that maybe want to draft a quarterback because you it's hard to imagine Caldwell saying he wants like a guy like Flacco for a year or so or whatever, especially with the jazz cap situation. But again, like, you know, Jacob made a good point that, you know, Flacco is a guy that has had success with a similar style defense in terms of, you know, their rankings. So, you know, I, I guess you can't rule that out, but um, that's neither here nor neither, neither there, but yeah, you go ahead, man. Go ahead. Top seven pick. Hey,
0: the most important thing about this pick is like I said earlier, don't miss
1: yes he gotta have a 2016 again man he has to
0: right you don't need to go draft a Bashar perryman you don't need to go draft a jamarcus russell Mm -hmm. you don't need to go draft a blake bortles you don't need to go draft i mean i got countless references here (laughs) right like you you cannot miss
1: right And and again, like this might be a different situation from 2016. He was blessed in 2016 to put it to put it lightly. Jalen Ramsey fell in his lap. Okay, my you know my unborn child. (laughs) And I don't I don't have a child on the way by the way, but my child in the future could make that pick is what I'm trying to say. All right, and and not only that, Miles Jack fell in his lap. Even though they had to trade up a little bit to get him in the second round, but. No, Miles Jack was a guy that in the second round, that's great value. Like who wouldn't take that opportunity? Yannick, on the other hand, he may not have been as much of a blessing as the first two. But still, you know, that's a guy that the Ravens came out and said they wanted to draft him earlier than he went. So, you know, he just got blessed in that draft. So it might not be. a He may have to. I don't know how to put this. I guess he may have to choose guys that maybe reaches as opposed to guys that are clearly the best available players at the position at the time when they go on the clock. But I guess we'll see. We'll see.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, hey, it is it is what it is. It just put a bow on a disappointing mm-hmm. season. And, you know, hey, it's over. Mm-hmm. Now we look forward to erasing this season and going back to the 2017's year.
1: Let's hope so. It's obviously what Khan is banking on, ladies and gentlemen. And, again, we're going to be here every step of the way at the Jaguars Wire, at the Jags Den Podcast, talking about it. Me, Jacob, Phil. Uh, Shout-outs to Jackson Freiberger as well, who helps out from UGA Wire. Um, And, yeah, we're going to be here with you guys for this process. Um, Maybe even go, perhaps, to the draft and and some other offseason events. So, that being said, we're going to close things out. Uh, jacob anything you want to plug before you um before we leave today
0: oh yeah you know i'm always down for uh shameless self-promotion so that being said um <laughs> Make sure y'all head over to stillcrew.com and check out my latest work. I dropped a First 48 on 21 Savage's new album. And the First 48 is basically a quick little review. Appreciate you looking and taking the time to read it. just a quick little, like, quick strike. My initial thoughts on an album. Mm -hmm. Nothing way too serious. It's a good read. Also dropped a piece on Rick Ross and his issues with homophobia. So, yeah, if you want to catch my non-football work, I'm over at stillcrew.com. Providing quality entertainment, much like I do here. And other than that, I'm just working and looking forward to the offseason and seeing how bad or how good things go.
1: Right. Right. And, um, yeah, we'll hopefully get Phil on next time to, um, you know, host this thing so we don't get off track as we did today. But I feel like we got a lot of good content in there, man. I don't think nobody's going to complain, especially everybody that want to vent, man. It's a lot of folks that's mad on Twitter, man. This is perfect for them. It's perfect content. So, in terms of me, um, I guess I will be doing more work on the game, of course. Uh, my thoughts on the moves in terms of Shad Khan bringing back Marone Coughlin, and, well, not so much Coughlin, but Caldwell. You know, I'll, I'll put my thoughts out on that as well. Going to do some quotes from the end of the game, of course. You know, they had a, a bunch of – Priceless quotes from Jalen Ramsey and company after the game that I haven't gotten to yet. And of course, you can find us on the various outlets on the web, the audio outlets on the web, most notably iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audio Boom, Radio Public, and Deezer Radio. Um, so feel free to subscribe to us and rate and review and what have you. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, y'all hold it down. This is the Jaguars Wired Podcast, and you all be safe. Uh-oh, oh,
0: one more thing before we go.
1: Go right ahead, bro. Miles Jack wasn't down. You know what? He went down, man. And we might have a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> if one... Oh, man, don't make me reminisce, man. But uh, <laughs> Miles Jack was not down. <laughs> Y'all have a good night. <laughs> oh, man.